Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now let's dig in. Tea has been spilled from the Lataw County Jail about suspect Brian Koberger, who has been living under their maximum security for three months now. According to one of News Nation's sources, Koberger is losing weight. In his three months in jail, Brian has reportedly lost a significant amount of weight. No one knows if this is due to his vegan diet, not liking the jail's culinary offerings, or his own desire to lose weight. This is odd news to hear because we learned last week that Koberger seemed like a large, imposing figure. That made me think he was possibly gaining weight, so now we're being told he's losing weight. Perhaps Koberger is feeling that everything other than his weight at this point is out of his control. So to feel in control, maybe he decided to drop pounds. It's like the only thing he can control. Koberger, as we know, has attended mass on multiple occasions, He's permitted to do so in the jail's multi-purpose room, which is also known as the library. Going to Mass and sitting among the other inmates is his only form of human contact. But although he can attend Mass with these other inmates, he is not allowed to speak to them. Along with attending Mass, Koberger is allowed outside for an hour every day. Per News Nation, other than attending Mass, Koberger is spending a lot of his time sleeping. He also, as we know, has access to a television, which apparently is positioned outside the bars of his cell. On to another topic in this case, Idaho bringing back firing squads. Republican Governor Brad Little signed the bill allowing execution by firing squads. So if Brian Koberger is found guilty, and if the state seeks the death penalty, and if the state cannot obtain the drugs needed for a lethal injection, it's possible that Brian Koberger could face such a squad. One family that is likely celebrating this decision is that of Kaylee Gonsalves, we know that her family feels that whoever took their daughter's life and that of Maddie Mogan and Ethan Chapin and Zana Cornodo should face the same punishment that he dealt out to them. Despite the bill getting passed, there are still many unanswered questions, such as who would the marksman be? Who gets the blank, if anyone? And who gets the live rounds? According to an article on News Nation, the Department of Corrections is concerned about trying to get people to act as the squad because of the psychological damage it can do to the people who actually are holding the weapons. Some people would find it upsetting, offensive, wrong, or inhumane to commit this act, 
even on someone who's been found guilty of the worst of the worst offenses. So, do they find a battle-hardened soldier who's seen heavy combat and would not blink an eye at doing this? Or do they hold a lottery and allow willing participants a chance at winning the job? How do you find people who have no problem with such an act? Well, we can look at another state. South Carolina has also brought back these squads for death penalty cases. And guess who argued for them? None other than Alec Murdoch's defense attorney, Dick Herputlian. Herputlian believes such a squad is a more humane method than that chair we talked about where you flip a switch. Here's how South Carolina has gone about preparing for their new squad and the rules that they've mapped out for these events. I guess you call it an event, right? The South Carolina Department of Corrections worked at retrofitting its existing death chamber in Columbia. That's where executions by lethal injection and that chair we just talked about have been carried out for more than 30 years. So that chamber can now accommodate the needs of a squad. The agency spent $53,600 in state funding on renovations, and the renovations included the installation of bullet-resistant glass between the chamber and the room in which witnesses sit, as well as a metal chair into which the inmate will be strapped. So the inmate will be seated, not standing like you see in the movies, when this thing goes down. They also cut into the brick wall of their existing chamber to make an aperture through which three volunteer shooters, all employees from the corrections department, will thread their weapons, which will all be loaded with live ammunition, so there won't be any blanks. This aperture is 15 feet from the condemned inmate, and it's situated in a corner of the room. So when a prisoner is done in, the victim's families will be allowed to witness the event. And in South Carolina, the inmate will be visible to the witnesses. However, the shooters and their weapons will not be visible. As for that other scary chair in the chamber, apparently it can't be removed from the chamber in Columbia for some reason. I don't know if it's permanently attached to the floor in such a way that would make it impossible to remove without destroying the whole chamber. So because it will still be in there, they're going to cover it in some fashion so that neither the inmate nor the witnesses can see it. The whole thing, as I'm describing it to you, sounds barbaric. I cannot imagine watching someone be subjected to this, even the worst-case offender. But perhaps, and likely, I'd feel differently if the victims were my family members. Maybe then I'd be gunning to see the perpetrator harmed in this manner. After an opportunity to make a final statement, the inmate in South Carolina 
will be strapped into the new metal chair, and then a hood will be placed over his or her head. Next, an execution team member will place a small aim point over the inmate's heart. Yikes. After the warden reads the execution order, officials said the team will fire. The agency has not specified what caliber rifles the volunteer shooters will be using, nor any details of the certain qualifications those shooters will be required to have. As for who will be witnessing the event in addition to the victims' families, it will include the state officials who are inside the chamber and helping to carry out the act. Three media witnesses may also attend. And in South Carolina, religious and legal counsel for the inmate, as well as representatives from law enforcement and local prosecutors, may also participate. After the act is completed, a physician will examine the inmate and make a death declaration. A photo released by corrections officials will show a lipped metal basin underneath the inmate chair. Immediately thereafter, the witnesses will be escorted from the room and taken to the corrections headquarters building where other media will be gathered. Out of sight of the witnesses, the inmate's body will be removed from the chamber and taken by the Richland County Coroner's Office for an autopsy before being returned to the inmate's family. So that's how they do it in South Carolina. What do you guys think about this? Is it barbaric? Do you think it is more humane? If you could, would you participate and be on the squad as one of the shooters? Let me know in the comments. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and I will see you next time.